Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Me too. And does it smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino. Been there. Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. This is Wolf and Down Your Lunch, where we take you through the top stories of the day on the Wolf and Luke Show. I am Aaron Maloney, alongside Ron Wolfley, who's doing his own show. Luke's not, and we need two fill-ins when Luke isn't here. So we got Paul Calvisi and 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander. I'm matching the energy of Kenny Dillingham. I have no idea what Zoe and Wolf are doing. So when you went to Circa, Paul, yes, <laughs> yes, did you have a lobster mac and cheese or the cinnamon oh. bun dessert? I had the lobster mac and cheese. Uh, the cinnamon bun dessert would have been towards the end of the night, which I don't recollect all that much. So I'm going to take the fifth on that. <laughs> Paulie was hanging out by the pool in I was gonna Speedo. Say. Oh, nice. oh, stop it. Nice. Just Walk stop around, it. Paul, I got to draw the okay. line somewhere around here to what the blatant lies and Paul. fabrications. Maloney, what kind of show you running? Where's the lie detector around here? My goodness. Mm-hmm. Hold someone accountable. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Next. Thank you. So Vikings Patrick Peterson clarified his comments stating Kyler Murray only cares about himself. Um, first of all, I don't have any beef with Kyler Murray because they was like, oh, Patrick blatantly disrespected Kyler. I didn't do that. You know, what I meant by my comment was when you're a franchise quarterback, you have to carry yourself a certain way. So if you're having bad body language, pouting, moping on the sideline, what type of energy do you think that, that feeds off to your teammates? That's what I meant about Kyler cares. He's caring about himself because he's not putting the team first. What do you guys think about Patrick Peterson's response to Kyler's response to Patrick Peterson's original comments? This is like a middle school or high school sort of gossip circle going on around now. Uh, Is the lie detector still on, Maloney? Because when he says he didn't disrespect Kyler Murray, that is blatantly false itself. I'll just leave it at that. So, I mean, it's, it's... He went to that because he didn't really want to make the situation worse than what it is. You know, I'm going to go with Pat P and say that he realized he made a mistake and was trying to just minimize it by saying information that's kind of already out there by the national media and, you know, here locally. Yeah, to me, once again, I agree with Zoe 100% right here. I don't know how that definition of what he said, Kyler Murray only cares about Kyler Murray, and then that explanation right there, what he just, I don't know how you sync those two things up. So I'm going to say, hit the lie detector again, please. Are you telling me Patrick Peterson isn't only thinking of Patrick Peterson when he trashes an ex-teammate on his podcast for clicks and views? I'll just leave it there. Do you, If you guys were Kyler and Pat P reaches out to you, would you guys respond? Yes. Yes. I'd make him wait. Make him wait. <laughs> you typical, typical guy, right? Yeah. Avoid me. You would just play games? I'd make him yep. wait. 
Play you games. Know, you make them wonder a little bit as to whether wonder. it's scorched earth, whether they're what's left scorched of the state earth. of the relationship. Just Always make them wait a little it. bit. This is man to man. Send a message a little bit. Stop it. Your Bally. children are listening. You're not the boss of me, Pat P. I'm not going to call you right back. You'll. I'll call you back on my schedule. Yeah. So, do my heavy lifting for me, please. It is. It sounds like it's how you handle all your girlfriends. Let them wait, right? This is not that type of situation, man. This is man-to-man conversation. Let's get this thing handled. Life advice with Lorenzo Alexander. Where's the phone? Who's phone is Someone's calling the studio phone right now. I'm like, what is going on? No, that's that's Wolf's conscience dialing in. That's what that is. My young crunk brothers right now. Be a man. Walk up man to man and say, what are you doing? What's up? What's going on, Pat P? Really? Next. The Bills defeated the Patriots last night on Thursday Night Football 24-10, and Bill Belichick was in full form. 3-12 on um, third down offensively. It's been an area that has been a struggle all season. What do you see there, why that's been such a struggle? Yeah, combination of things. <laughs> Did you see anything last night that you believe the Cardinals can take advantage of when they return from the bye to face the Patriots? That's for you, Paul and Wolf. Though you can just go off about how good your Bills looked last night. Did I see anything? I mean, anything associated with New England's offense, you can take advantage of. It's pathetic. All you have to do to beat the Patriots is score more than 17 points. Yeah. Honestly. So, yeah, they are struggling big time, especially on third down. It's a valid app question. Of course, Belichick didn't answer it because he has no answers right now. After yet again, they went 3-12 on third down. Yeah, for me, let me just say right now, the one thing that concerned me was New England and their pass rush. That is the one thing they can do. They can get after the quarterback, number two, as a matter of fact, in sacks in the National Football League. And watching them, that to me was a little concerning, a little disconcerting, no doubt about that, because you've got Josh Jones. And again, Josh Jones has really played well, no doubt about it. But man, you got a couple of guys coming off the edge in New England that are really, really good, man. They're going to have to protect Kyler Murray. That's my number one concern. Yeah, and to your point, the run game also from New England, if they decide to give Stevenson the ball early and often, that's going to be a concern as well in addition to the pass rush. But to Paulie's point, if the Cardinals offense look like they're scoring some points early on, if you can get up early and get them out of that, make them feel like they can't run or they can't necessarily sit there and pin their ears back, then I think the Cardinals have a chance and they have the ability to do it, and we've seen that with with Connor last, you know, right? He had 120 yards, yep. so you can run the ball, you can put up points, and, and really control this game. Phoenix Suns guard Devin Booker has been named Western Conference Player of the Month for October and November, while head coach Monty Williams won Coach of the Month. So, should Devin Booker be in the MVP conversation more? Here's Kendrick Perkins. Devin Booker is not only putting up the numbers, but he's winning basketball games. Number one in the Western Conference. He should get a lot more love. And it starts with guys like you, Richard, so that you can't continue to move the goalposts or do with things that's convenient for them when you bring up up guys like Luka Doncic that's sitting at a 500 record instead of acknowledging what Devin Booker is doing right now, not just individually, but his team is winning games at the top of the Western Conference. So my question for you guys, what do you think it will take for Booker to take home the NBA regular season MVP? 
more of the same. Yep. Is Luka a better player than Devin Booker? Yes. Are the Suns? Are the Suns player? Player. Are the Suns defensive player? Yeah. Are the Suns a better team than the Mavericks? Heck yes. So you need more of the same. You need Devin Booker to play at the level he is. The Suns to play at the level they're atop the Western Conference. And when you're talking about most valuable player, Luca has value to what? A mediocre 500 team? Please stop talking. Someone take his car keys. Luca is not a better player than Devin Booker. If you were starting he's, to, more, he's a more unique player, right? Different when you think about size and, and being a point guard and being able to do the things he does with the ball. Yes. But he's not a better player than D-Book and what D-Book has done and grown in all aspects of, of the game. When we think rebounding, stealing the ball, leading the team, right? The emotion that he brings to the game, scoring the basketball. That's a player. Now, if you want to say score, then maybe. I, but I don't even know about that. So I'm just saying, come on now, Luca is not a better player than D Book. Wolf, weigh in on real. this. If you, you know were starting I'm, a team today, Wolf, are you taking D Book or Luka Doncic? I'm taking Devin Booker, man. I'm with Joe on this one. And you know what, Paulie? Once again, it's because of the intangibles of Devin Booker. It's not only the fact he's a better two-way player, and he is, and that's undeniable. <laughs> yeah. That's undeniable. Luka Doncic. Nobody's going to talk about Luka Doncic on the defensive end of the floor. Devin Booker, you need to consider that on the defensive end of the floor. The player that he has become, but it's the intangibles to me once again. Luka Doncic, I, I can't stand the way he competes. His attitude and his flop attitude. Don't let Paul say anything. It's not Devin Booker. Keep it's, talking. That's not D Book. And I think that resonates as a better leader with his team. Yeah, see the shots that I took. Wet like a book. Did, yeah. did you guys actually watch the round two playoff series and last year? Yeah. The most meaningful Paulie. basketball you, there is. What are you Did you guys actually watch year? that? Are you saying what Devin Booker saying? is that much better than five months ago? I, I'm, yes. I'm saying yeah, and you know what's interesting too? Um, because given the Luka opportunity, has three 40 point triple doubles okay. this year, by the way. I understand. Hello? Right. Okay. All right. That's right. But Devin Booker, if he wanted to be like Luka Doncic, he could be like Luka Doncic. He mm. could score. Devin Booker could score 38 points a game if he wanted to. Okay, well, I'll do respect, if Devin Booker could be Luka Doncic, they wouldn't have gone out and gotten Chris Paul. Because they went from a 20-win team to a 60-win team. When? After they acquired CP3 at point about, guard. Man, are you talking about three years ago now? Players can't grow and develop? Right. Well, get out of here, Paulie. This the non-athlete is talking again. <laughs> break it. Go, break us. Go to break. You're killing me, man. Save Zoe from his own oh from his gosh. own homerism over there. Horrible. Oh, boy. Save these guys stuff. from their own homerism right you now. My goodness, please. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Let's look at this objectively. Classic media. You talking about a guy? You saying D Book is not better than what he was three years See, ago? Th- this is what happens. The personal attacks begin when you can't <laughs> when you say the subject. I, I, matter as it stands. So then, boom, you said it personally. You said go get CP3 three years ago. All you see is the superficial (laughs) ball. What are you talking about? Oh, look, he's scoring points, scoring points. No. The entire Paul's team trying to get goes his own through show. Luka That's Doncic. All. I'm not talking <laughs> just, saying, about, just saying ridiculous stuff. I'm not talking about just scoring. 
The Joe scoring hey. was Devin Booker's <laughs> reputation <laughs> nationally. Oh my gosh. He's not a good defensive player, Paul. And Book then the is. crying? The crying? I can't oh, stand that. That's even worse. Stopped with the face. So let me get this straight. The two guys who said they'd love to have Pat Bev on their own team. I, I didn't say that. that. You're now saying the crying of Luka Doncic. Really? Really? Where's the lie detector? No, I say he's a guy that you love to have on your team, but you hate to play against. He's like a Richie. You don't know him. So hit the lie detector test on you, because that's not what I said. I would love to play with Pat. I'm taking Malone's advice and saving you guys from yourselves by mentioning that Patrick Peterson, we're changing the subject here. We're talking Kyla Murray. Do your read get out. I'm going to have a breakout session during during the break. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so I, I, during the break, I put on some body armor. I have some tactical gear because uh, I'm just getting hit from all angles on this episode of Wolf and Luke here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. But I'm back. I'm not backing down either. I'm That's back. Love it. Boom, let's bring it. That's great right there, honestly. Except when your kids are listening, Paul. Um, well, what's Patrick Peterson's excuse then? That's my segue. Yeah, what is what his is Pat P's right now? Excuse. Well, Pat P says, you know what? I wasn't talking about Kyler Murray the way you think I was talking about Kyler Murray. Yeah. And then he gave an explanation that was weird. Yeah. Uh, should we get back into what he said, or do you want to hear? What some of Kyler's teammates have said. For example, the Cardinals Corner podcast here within Arizona Sports. Lasita Smith, we mentioned that the offensive lineman was in the house. Mm-hmm. Moments ago, here's what he had to say about Kyler Murray. I'm going to just say it. Uh, I feel like a lot of people look at him as this selfish guy and a guy that only cares about himself. But being on the inside, you know, not on the outside looking at being on the inside, I see that he cares about guys. I can speak personally and say that if um, if it's pre-practice and I'm snapping some balls and I'm snapping to him, he'll tell me, hey, you know, it's a little left or a little right or snap it harder. Like, get it back there. It's all good. Just get it to me. Or if I'm doing something like, hey, just go out there and, you know, you'll see it on episode two of Hard Knocks. Yeah. Like, he's telling me don't think just go out and play ball so um he may not he may so to some people he may not have the best character or they may not know him like some of us do on the inside but he's a good dude and he definitely looks out for his guys there you go. That's a Lasita Smith once again, Cardinals rookie offensive lineman on Cardinals Corner of the podcast, ArizonaSports.com. You know, one of the things I want to say right now, too, is um, listen, I, I believe in leadership. Leadership is important. There's no doubt about that. And so you know where, where, where I'm coming from on that. It's so important. Yet at the same time, can I tell you, we're all grown men. Right. We're all grown men, man. Seriously, right now, you don't have to like the guy who lines up next to you. Tell right. me. No, so, were right. you going to do your job? Because I'm going to play for you. You know what? I wish I had a dime for every guy who said, I'm going to play for you. Right, you know what? Right. Don't, don't, don't play for me. Right. Just play for you. Go out and be you. 
just you're talking about a bunch of hyper aggressive alpha males in a locker room man leadership is important it is i'm not trying to say that it's not yet at the same time man do your job it drives me crazy like we think you've got to have a guy as a franchise quarterback who is an ultimate leader that to me it gets me a little sideways and the reason why it gets me sideways it's because if you don't if you don't have that guy who is a leader oh my goodness you're you're gonna have chaos in the locker room and i just don't think that is the case that is my take and my own pet peeve if you're wondering what lasita smith was talking about that moment in hard knocks they documented well we've got the clip right here yeah it got me today because i'm, I'm trying to play off the d line and like and i'm trying not to take too long and i'm trying not to leave my thinking too much thinking too much it's a screen i know set punch when he goes you go it's called having, you know, some bait, some bait about you. You feel me? Bait his ass. You feel me? Like, bait him up the field and then release. And then when you release, go take a head off. That's from the weekly offensive lineman dinner where Kyle right. Murray is a regular attendee. He's been doing it for more than a year, probably two, three years. So, I mean, if a guy's all about himself, is he hanging out and taking care of his offensive lineman on a weekly basis? Nope. He's there and, ha- I mean, you guys tell me, so you tell me, that's where, just more evidence that Pat P is incorrect in so many different ways to me. No, I hear you. I mean, he's smart. I would take my offensive lineman out, too. <laughs> Those are guys I got to depend on. But, I, you know, to, to Wolf's point, um, you do have to be, you know, self-accountable. I mean, obviously, the quarterback is always going to get more shine than he should, more criticism than he should. Uh, but you help your quarterback by going out there and do your job. And collectively, this team hasn't been able to do that. And so that's why Kyler's been taking all these shots. And he's an easy target, too, especially with some of the things that come out. And so that's why you have guys like Pat P and even like a RG3 or even like before the pregame on, what was that? Oh, I forgot who they were playing. They had the whole pregame. And maybe it was Mexico game, right? Yep. Just talking about him specifically and what he hasn't been able to do um, because he's the quarterback. It's more about the position, I think, more than than anything else than the guy. Right, and I think that's what we've put on it. But I don't necessarily have to be a position thing. I think that's a big misconception. It's no, it doesn't have to be your most, your most um, uh, uh, expensive player, right? That's what people typically think is leadership or the quarterback. Sure. Um, and if those positions don't have it, somebody else on the team has to step up and fill that void until maybe your quarterback becomes that guy or somebody else that you would like to be that guy becomes that guy. But I think that's that's where that's what they lack right now. All right. So check this out. You mentioned RG three. Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. a couple games ago, Mexico City. The most recent guest of the Pash Pod, yeah, Robert Griffin. Okay, right. And RG3. so here, here he is, RG three. And of course, Dave asked him about Kyler Murray. I said this on Monday Night Countdown, and I truly believe this. Kyler is a very smart player. When we were in Mexico and he didn't play, I got to talk to him for about 10 minutes on the field. He understands, like, the perception that's out there about him, wants to clean that up. The the conversation then went to not trying to do too much. Kyler's been a winner his entire life. And you get this large amount of money. With that money comes expectations. And sometimes you can try to do too much. And that's kind of what we talked about, just 
you know, don't let the outside perception affect what you do on the inside. Don't try to convince everyone in the building that you're not this guy that they're telling you that you are on the outside. Go about your business. Be a good teammate. Work hard. Run the offense and get the ball to your playmakers. I'll do the same. I'll get it to you guys, the playmakers. What do you make of that? Well, especially since RG3 played the position, came in with such accolades, and was a dual-threat quarterback himself. Yeah, Paulie, you know what? Honestly, once again, it goes back to the fact, do I believe that a franchise quarterback has got to be a leader? Yeah, I do. I I do believe that. I believe he's got to be a leader. Um, Do I believe that Kyler Murray should care about what other people think about him? Yeah, I, I think he should care about what other people think or thinks about him, Paul. Um, He should definitely care about that. I I would disagree with RG3 in terms of saying, hey, listen, don't worry about what the narrative is. Worry about what the truth is. And I don't know. Maybe that's what he was saying. Maybe that was it right there. But for me, I would tell Kyler, worry about what the truth is. Right. You know what I mean? Not what the narrative might be. Worry about what the truth is and know that you've got to be a leader. Having said that, I don't need him to be the franchise quarterback leader or I'm not going to do my job. I don't need that, man. Sorry. And hopefully you got a bunch of hyper-aggressive alpha males inside the locker room who don't need somebody else to get them ready to do their job, period. But if you believe RG3, Kyler is aware of the narrative. Right. He's trying to change the public perception. Worry about what the truth is. And you will change what the public perception is. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. The accolades keep coming for the Suns. What's next for Devin Booker? Is there a next chapter of our discussion on D-Book versus Luka? Uh, Maybe at my expense. We'll find out next. Wolf and Luke, Calvisi and Lorenzo Alexander on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, there's always one thing you can count on when you come in studio with Ron Wolfley. Paul Calvisi, Lorenzo Alexander, as though just put on his sweatshirt. <laughs> Wolf likes to run the thermostat in here like it's cryogenics. I don't know what's going on, Wolf. It was hot, Paul. Are you kidding it me? was hot. You could just see it, it right 40-something degrees. Hey, oh, the the fact gets to control the music and the AC. Yeah, that's so right. That's right. Wolf contr- And it happens in threes. And Wolf tries to control the narrative around here as well, which we won't stand for. Absolutely not. No chance whatsoever as we talk about the Suns downtown against H-Town tonight. Suns are 15-6. and six. The Rockets, the polar opposite, 5-16. and 16. Chris Paul will miss the game. We're calling him CP12 because this will be his 12th straight game he has missed. With, once again, what is it, the lacerated uh, nose hair? No, Paul. The heel. No, it the is heel. the, yes, the anyway, heel contusion, I believe. All right, name one player on the Houston Rockets, quick. Um, that's exactly. Good. So, uh, guess what? A couple of Suns got named yesterday. Uh, Monty Williams named Western Conference Coach of the Month. Devin Booker named Western Conference Player of the Month. That's known as a double ding. Yes. We got into Devin Booker <laughs> a couple of segments ago, and uh, yours truly got the worst of it. Even though I was right all along, somehow the two of you ganged up on me like you were stealing my milk money at recess. The two former bullies and <laughs> five-star is, is athletes you used to be. Steal your milk money. Uh, it doesn't okay. take both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Let me just say this, Polly, right now, because if, in fact, your question is Devin Booker and is he getting more MVP consideration and will he get more MVP consideration, I don't think there's any doubt about it going forward. I, I think we're going to continue to see this. And what happens? You know what? You become the Western Conference Player of the Month, right? right. This is this is the kind of thing that starts to happen for a guy that will eventually be considered as an MVP um, um, and I think he will. When yep. it's all said and done this year, I think you're going to see Devin Booker right down to the wire in regard to the MVP, barring any type of unforeseen injury. And we all agree that right now it's a three-horse race. It's D-Book, it's Jason Tatum, and Luka Doncic. Right. And, and so we started talking about this, and I said, look, to me, Devin Booker is the MVP. Just based on the Suns' record, they're standing atop the Western Conference. That's what you said? That's what I said. But then I also added, (laughs) I also added in 3-2-1, I added that overall, player for player, Luka is still a better player than Devin Booker right now. And may I remind you as to what Suns' (laughs) Kellen Olsen said yesterday, Wolf, to your own question, by the way, as to where Devin Booker stacks up against Luka in the MVP race. Here's what Kellen Olsen said. No, you know you know the pessimist I am, Wolf. I, I think I think Luca's got the train going. I think he's got the numbers going. I think that he's just been hyped as an MVP candidate now for a couple of years. It takes a really long time to enter that conversation. But you know what's fun, guys? They play the Mavs on Monday and they play the Celtics on Wednesday. So he gets oh, three MVP candidates go. Wednesday. He gets Jason Tatum on ESPN. So uh, I know Devin Booker said I'm just a hooper. I don't care about the MVP and all that kind of stuff. But hey, if you want to. Take two games and maybe care a little bit and uh, send a message. It would help. First of all, it's two different things to actually say that um, is he going to be the MVP or is Luka Doncic a better player? Exactly. Thank you. It's two different things to basically say right there, Paulie, to your point. He's trying to outsmart us. Uh, Uh, That's what he He thinks he's smarter (laughs) than us. Because he knows we play uh, football players. Oh, got the ball started. (laughs) Come on now. But guys, let me me just say this again. If you were starting a franchise, today, yes, you're going to take the best player in the game. Who would you take? Do, do this. Can do I, this. Define right? Define player. Define it. What does that mean? What, what is a player? Are you guys getting like metaphysical? Well, I mean, yeah, like, what's right. going on? You know what, the best defensive player, offensive player, two-way player. There's different players. How do you define best player? I, I'm just saying the best yes. player to me, the most impactful consequential player in the NBA right now is Luka Doncic. Okay. Is the guy, he is the system. He I is the offense. Disagree. That the Suns, for all of Devin Booker's greatness and glory, and I am on board with Devin Booker. I am not a D-Book hater it in any like regard. It. it sounds like What did I say yesterday? I said, I you know, know what? You he, change every day. I he, don't know what you said. I said, and I maintained <laughs> I that he had me in the classic car collection. He's my guy, oh, just based true. on what he drives. I mean, so you're hating on me all show, and you're piling Man. I mean, you're giving me the, the noogies and the, the wedgies oh, and all of this, but you know what? I still rep- Uzo because you drive the classic Mustang. Okay, I'm the same way with Devin Booker. Here's the thing, though. Paul. Here is the thing, Ron Wolfley. Yes, okay. That until CP3 came along, for all of his greatness and glory, where were the sons in the standings? 
What are we talking now, about? Now, I'm saying he's much better than he was last year, the year before. I get it. He has grown. He is a great player. He is a legit all-NBA first-teamer. But once again, yeah. once do, again. But we're not do, talking about Yeah, but why do people say that, though, right? Because we can say Michael Jordan, he didn't win nothing until Scottie Pippen got there, right? You can say that about every great player before Kobe until Shaq got there, right? I mean, so what does that mean? It, the championship and being a best player are two different things, right? So don't talk about the record. You can be a better player and not have a great record because you don't have great pieces around you, or you have better pieces and be and, and, and still have a better record, right? There's more than just being one individual, right? You're talking about being a better player and then you're going to compare the record. That's a team achievement, Right. Yes. Okay. I thought it was a rhetorical question. No, I'm, I'm sorry. You, it's, a, it's a team achievement. Yeah. So you can't go and compare like who who had the better record until somebody got here is what I'm saying. So are you saying I can't go back to round two of the playoffs last season, four, five, six months ago, whatever it was, I can't go back to that dominant performance by Luka Doncic. He had a better he had a better series. That yeah. doesn't make him a better player. I, I totally agree with that right there. Because What else am I supposed to go on other than the last meaningful head-to-head <laughs> well, matchup? Uh, so now it's just head-to-head that matters? Because now it's, no, I'm just talking about him as a player with Devin Booker overall. That's just me. Now, now can I also say this right now, if in fact you want to talk about an MVP and a guy that is is in contention to, to be the MVP, it's Jason Tatum. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Oh, well, if you're me. a D-Book hater, you're no just way. loving Jason no, Tatum. Not at all. It's Jason Tatum. He's a two-way guy, first and foremost. He's scoring 31.6 points a game. I believe that's number two to Luka Doncic. Okay? Don't know. So... And not only that, he plays on the Celtics, who have the best record in all of basketball. So because of all of that, Jason Tatum right now is the front runner as far as I'm concerned. So, Ron Wolfley, I put it to you. Who's a better player, Devin Booker or Jason Tatum? Yeah, boy, that is a good one right there. That is. I think falling. that's harder than the Luka so Booker I conversation. Totally oh, no. Totally oh, no. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. But once again, it's what do you value? Yeah, See, well, yeah. What uh, I can tell you right now, what do I value? I value a complete basketball player on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. That's what I value. I'm sorry, it's me. It's the it's the same way yeah. in Major League Baseball. I can't stand a great hitter who can't field his position. It's the same way in the game of football. I can't stand a great athlete, and that's all he is. He's a great athlete, but man, will he ever engage in the essence of the game? No. I can't I, I don't like that. I don't. I like a complete player. I would not have been a complete player. Okay, can I tell you that right now? Because you didn't want to give me the ball. You didn't want to give me the Don't give me the ball. All right? And, and that made me one-dimensional in what it was that I could do. I like a complete player. And when I think of Devin Booker, I'm, I'm thinking of a complete player, just like Jason Tatum. That's hard. Yeah. All right. So to come full circle, it's the double ding that is coach of the month, player of the month, DeAndre Ayton, yeah. your Western Conference player of the week. I think I speak for everyone, though, when I say that. I hope we're not sitting around in May and saying the sun's peaked in November. I mean, there's no, no chance of that happening, right, So, I mean, based on you thinking about last year, I mean, you have to be who you are. I mean, I don't understand when people say they peaked or doing something special now, but it doesn't matter, right? 
because this is just the way they approach. They like playing ball. I'm going to play my hardest when I'm out there. I'm not going to take days off. That's just because that's, that's not how I'm built. So, that you know, I kind of asked you that. What, what should this team be doing differently now to not put as much stake into the regular season? That's how they feel like they need to prepare. I think the one caveat that they have done is CP3 isn't playing right now. He probably could if he really wanted to or they if, if they asked him to. But they're making sure that he's healthy for when the run is. But everybody else, man, they're young guns. D-Book is, what, 26? D-A is, how old is D-A? 25, 20? yes. I mean, they're just young guys. Let them go out there, play. We want to see the consistency of D-A, so it matters. This this regular season matters for him to build this consistency level of playing high-level high, high uh, level ball. You got other guys out there uh, that are benefiting from it. Um, campaign I mentioned earlier, you got to have these guys in the back end, and this is how you develop that, where they know what they're capable of. The, the coach, tr- oh, I seen you do that. Now let's see you take the next step and be able to do it in the playoffs. But you got to go out there and play basketball in order to do it. You guys did everything except basically channel your inner Mac Jones from the sideline, screaming at me with expletives and everything. So we'll get into the Thursday night football and the Cardinals' next opponent uh, next when we come back. Calvisi and Lorenzo Alexander in for Luke. It is Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Soul. 51, 51, let's go. Let's go, here we go. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So, Wolf, at some point, I'm going to have an advanced conversation with Lorenzo Alexander (laughs) about weightlifting. uh, But I won't do it on the air because I don't want to leave you out, okay? So we'll do that off the air. I'm going to do you a solid, and we're going to talk powerlifting later. But uh, once again, with those who really, truly engage in it and do it at a high level, it is Calvisi sending in for Luke along with Lorenzo Alexander. This is Ron Wolfley's show, supposedly, but uh, basically we've just taken this thing over, right, so? No. Right, Zoe? No, I don't. No, this is a show. So no. come on, Zoe. I don't with you up. like that. No, we're good. See, we're the NFL Players Union thing is too strong. I, I can't, I can't get him to cross. This is my guy. I can't get him to cross. No, no. Yes. Dang. Polly, we all yeah. know your alter ego is flaccid, man. Stop <laughs> it, Bob. You know what I need you guys to stop? I need you guys to stop telling me that New England <laughs> really has a defense. Because if I'm seeing this correctly, the Buffalo Bills, and by the way, uh, Lorenzo Alexander is a walking team shop today. He has everything Buffalo Bills on, and I'm talking head to toe. The Holy Cannoli Staddy is here that the Bills just... Thank you, Maloney. See, she's on board. We got a two-person game going here. The Bills just went 23 straight drives over more than two games without punting against the Patriots. Yeah. So don't sit here yeah. and tell me the Patriots have some sort of elite defense. Nobody not, said that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying they have an elite defense. I don't know what you're talking about, Bully, but I will tell you right now, they can get after the passer. That is the one thing they do really, really well. I believe uh, number two, as a matter of fact, they're number two in yep. sacks per attempt, but they're also number two in sacks, period. I think sacks per attempt is a much better way of actually gauging whether or not you're getting home, they certainly do that. They get after an opposing quarterback, and it's one of the reasons why you've got to be able to run the ball against them. Yeah, and you got to realize who who they're playing against, too. I mean, when you think about teams like the Bills and the Chiefs and the Dolphins that have all these multiple weapons, the 49ers, right? And and they're not up to that level defensively. Don't compare yourself to them. You know, you got to see where your team is offensively, and their defense may seem a little bit more elite depending on who you have and how you're playing, right? Right? Especially when we think about this Arizona Cardinals 
offense, and when they have four of the five offensive linemen out of the game, guys have kind of been up and down, nicked up, right? We've had the most, what, players here play on a roster in the NFL, right? 77. So, I mean, all that kind of matters in how good a defense is. It's about the matchups as far as with your guys that week. And so, yeah, they may not match up well with the Buffalo Bills, but they may match up better with the Arizona Cardinals. And that's what you have to do as as an offensive coordinator and as as a player. Okay, how do we match up? Where can we exploit? But don't have the expectation of doing what the Bills did. Well, because we're a different team. We may have to win differently than what the Bills does. Basically, the formula to beat the Patriots right now, score more than 17 points. Yes, score. I mean, and there they were getting booed on their own home field on Thursday night football, 24-10. They lose to the Bills again. And you got to imagine, Wolf, that your former head coach, Bill Belichick, couldn't have been more overjoyed to meet the media after his second straight loss. 3-12 on um, third down offensively. It's been an area that has been a struggle all season. What do you see there and why that's been such a struggle? Yeah, combination of things. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Oh, my goodness. Wait, there's a follow-up question. Uh, coach, geez, why is your offense struggling? I just had a lot of the same players in place last year as you do this year, and the offense was a lot more efficient. Anything specific that changed from last year to this year? Yeah, um, <laughs> wow, good. That, that brings back so many memories well, right there. I'll say this much. The uh, post-game crew, the Ryan Fitzpatricks and uh, Andrew Whitworth on yeah. the set afterwards, they pointed out, I think it was Richard Sermon specifically who pointed out, well, you do have a defensive coordinator calling your offense in Matt Patricia. Hello. Yeah. I mean, um, how much of this is coaching I, I if it's a lot say, of the same players? I, I must say that that one is a little perplexing. Right. Me. It really is. Um, I, I guess at some point in time, now listen, Matt Patricia, I know how smart he is. He really is. He's a very bright individual, right? Uh, his IQ, Polly, would yeah. blow your He's like an engineering degree <laughs> and you know, the whole know. pencil in the ear. He's right. Look at me. High right. IQ. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about the Calvary. Oh, no, too. you go. We're good. All right, but We're good. both you guys. I'm just saying. So right still now, won't cross over, um, even when you insult his alma mater. He I'm still just, won't take my side. I know Matt Patricia is very, very smart, but man, it just seems at this level, suddenly you're going to cut your teeth, metaphorically speaking, at the NFL level in terms of calling offensive play. I, I've never seen anything like that, and yeah. I, I have to wonder what Bill was actually thinking. That's what that I was going to say. Like, is there a perfect because Bill Belichick is a very smart and intentional coach, right? Dude. Right. So it's just like, okay, so when you get your next opportunity, you understand the offensive side of the ball and everything that goes into it, right? So you have a little bit more, uh, I don't know, respect, but maybe gratitude for what that side of the ball has to do. I don't, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Because when you do that, you almost feel like you kind of, hunting the season a little bit, knowing that you're not going to be uh, relevant, right? You're still going to be competitive because of who Bill Belichick is and, and what he does for a football team and defensively. But he realizes that he's probably not going to win a championship, so he's trying to build and mold guys in this process. I, I, you know, I just it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It's you know, you try to rationalize to a little bit. I think it was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick afterwards talked about Mac Jones, and he called him indecisive, inaccurate, didn't look comfortable. 
How much of that has to do with his offensive coordinator? How much of it has to do with his second-year quarterback? And then you saw him on the sideline yelling, profanity-laced, throw the effing ball, uh, the effing running game sucks, is what was said. And then, of course, Mac Jones was asked about his sideline tirade. Obviously, just kind of let my emotions get to me, but, um, you know, we're kind of playing from behind. And what I said was about throwing it deeper within the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working. But I felt like we needed chunk plays, and, um, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. And that's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game. And um, obviously, you don't want to get your emotions, let, you know, get the best of you. But, um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Like, it wasn't directed at anybody, just oh, emotion coming really? out, and we kind of needed a spark. Mm, I don't know if the lie detector's still on on that one. Wasn't directed at anybody. He was staring someone down right there. Was he shouting it out or was he showing someone up? And will Bill Belichick stand for his second-year quarterback showing up one of the assistant coaches on the sideline? Meaning, that's, will that's there be blood? Question. I mean, is there... That's is he absolutely going to start yeah, I mean, this next game against the Cardinals? Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, Wolf would know better than me as far as Bill Belichick and his, and his, uh, I guess, temperament for that. But it's not like he got in the guy's face. He didn't approach him. So, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know. What I do know is Mac Jones, the run game was actually the best thing you guys had going. And the run game didn't suck. Maybe, you know, you were <laughs> playing behind. But every time Stevenson got the ball, I got worried that he's about to break something deep. Well, I mean, one time it was like third and 18. He got 17 yards, it was, and the game was still within realm, so that's the be- best thing they can do. Hey, let's run the ball more. Can we do some more yeah. boots and play actions off of that so I can then maybe take a shot? Because if they just drop back, I mean, their left tackle, Brown, was getting beat like like a drum by a Shaq Lawson the whole game. He didn't have time to go down the field, so they do need to run the ball more and maybe boot and move the pocket so that he can take some shots using half the field off that run game. Man, they ran the ball for 14 times in this game, and three of them was Mac Jones pulling the ball down. (laughs) They handed the ball off 10 times to Stevenson. 10 times, that was it. Yeah, he needs about 20 or 30 carries. Oh, man, I'm definitely going to give that dude. Because the Bills didn't look like they wanted As much as I love my guys, I mean, they saw that dude in open space. You can see guys like, oh, I know I got to hit him. I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to go in here, and he just pushing the pile, pushing the pile, running over a couple of guys. Dude, too, yeah, he's man. like six feet, what, 240 two, or something? Yeah. It's oh. like tackling Marshawn, man. You don't <laughs> so, want to do that in open field. When it's, when it's 30-something degrees out there, does it hurt more? to tackle yes. a running back in the open oh, field. You feel it more, definitely. You feel it just run through your body when you hit a guy. You don't, you don't want to do it. I mean, you don't want especially a big guy like that that's just going to keep pounding you and pounding you and pounding you. You can see it in the game last night. I'm just glad that the Bills were up enough where uh, the Patriots felt like they didn't need to run the ball. I mean, honestly, if I'm the Patriots assistant coaches and the quarterback's yelling at me, throw the bleeping ball, I'd respond by saying, our leading receiver is a DB. It's Marcus Jones with a 48-yard catch and run. You're not making anyone else look good out here. Yeah. Because they do have some weapons, the Patriots, a receiver. They went yeah. out in the offseason. They, right. they tried to bolster that side. They have tight ends. They have some... Mac Jones seems to be doing less with more than he, he did a year ago. He didn't have a lot of time. I mean, if you watch the game and, and you know, in this, you know, small sample size as far as... I haven't watched a lot of Mac Jones all year, but he didn't have 
the time to go down the field or be accurate. I mean, somebody was on his face or making him scramble and get out of the pocket, and he's not a a run uh, or throw-on-the-run type of QB. He needs to be in the pocket, white feet set, okay, throwing on time, boom, 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 and that wasn't the game last night that he had at all. all right, you guys have watched a lot of Isaiah Simmons, and so he opened up about his benching earlier in the year on hard knocks, okay? We got to hear what he had to say because it was significant. It was poignant. I want to hear what you guys have to say about the future of the Cardinals' former first-round pick. That is next. Wolf and Luke, Calvisi and Lorenzo Alexander on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.